Being Black in America comes with its challenges. However, we understand that enlightenment through education is the oppressor's worst fear. By bridging the gap between academia and the people, our purpose is to equip you with knowledge that breaks down barriers during your journey towards truth and freedom. Welcome to the Black and Highly Dangerous Podcast. Jeff, what's up? What's up? What's going on? Nothing much. Uh, recovering from my uh, Fitbit tournament. I told you that I was in this three-week tournament where I was just walking nonstop, even walking while we were recording. You remember mm-hmm. I told you that? Yeah, I remember. Okay, so we got the results this weekend, and um, we lost. Oh, man. <laughs> and what makes me upset is not that we lost, that we lost by 486 steps. Oh, uh, so that's a close race. Yes. And what's crazy is we could have won one of the people on my team. She stopped walking on Thursday. Guess why? Why? Because she got her hair done. <laughs> oh, so she didn't want to like get it sweaty. Yeah, she said she didn't want to get it sweaty. I was trying to tell her, like, girl, you can walk around the house, walk during commercial breaks, but she literally stopped walking. We really uh-huh. we would have won. We would have won if she had not stopped walking. Oh my god! So like you got your head on, so now the step stop. It's just mm-hmm. it's just when we found out we lost, she was like, oh, now I feel bad for putting my hair over my steps. <laughs> yeah. You get a response to-, to that comment because I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to take the L for the team on that one because you, yes. you messed it up. If you would have just did your... I mean, you, could, you, you still got to walk even if your hair is done. I mean, you don't got to be outside, you know, walking, sweating. But like you said... yeah. And that's what I was like, but she, I literally, after she said that, I didn't register any more steps from her. I don't know if she took it off, but you can walk around the house for like three minutes and get 400 steps. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, she ain't bugging. <laughs> well, that sucks. So sorry. Sorry to you. I know you was working hard getting your steps in. I was. I was. <laughs> so that's over. I'll never do that again. <laughs> What's going on with you? Nothing much. Chilling, you know, really just trying to get my, get my mind right. Getting, you know, I mean, I, I got classes starting in a month, so it seems like far away, but I know it's going to be here before I know it. So I'm just like getting all right, syllabus ready. All right, get my mind right. Everything, trying to just mentally prepare for getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, I feel uh, man. And um, also laughing at um. See the Obama, Obamas was turning up at the Beyonce concert last night, I think, or the other night. Oh, I missed it. I missed it. It was like but a I'm video going on Instagram. Yeah. yeah, it was like the whole family it was, it was like funny. Michelle and Barack and his, his daughters, Sasha Malia. Well, I know Michelle on. loves Beyonce. Yeah, they was they was dancing, boy, but they little uh, you know closed off booth or whatever it was people was filming them just dancing how getting their life boy i was okay man see you obamas (laughs) okay i'm gonna have to go look at that i actually finally saw like clear pictures of the twins and they look just like blue oh yeah oh yeah i saw them too when they they were sitting on beyonce's lap or something like that Uh uh-huh yeah yeah yeah. so yeah a little nice little family doing their thing people thought she was pregnant apparently beyonce she looked there was like some shots during like the concert where she did look it, but like on the yacht picture, she 
she didn't. Yeah. So, you know, she had twins. It, you know, it takes a while for like yeah, bodies body to recover. And I mean, she might just be eating good. Yeah, you know, what she got to do. She got a man. She got a baby. She got a job. Like, <laughs> it's okay. Shoot. <laughs> Eat, relax. You deserve it. <laughs> um, but nah, so. But yeah, to our listeners, this this episode this week is going to be a little different. We decided to change pace a little bit um, because, you know, we always have, you know, have people on interviews or covering particular topics, but we wanted to kind of switch it up and do something a little different that compared, well, similar to what other podcasts do um, in the mode where they just sit around and talk about various different topics, kind of current, current events, hot topics of the week, um, give their insights on it. And so that's what we decided to do, switch it up a little bit for y'all and give y'all a taste of that kind of traditional podcast format. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we won't have Oh Lord News segment today, but because we are discussing a lot of happenings, a lot of recent news events, you'll still probably have many instances where you'll be going, Oh Lord. So don't worry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's plenty. <laughs> we talk about a lot of topics and um, there's definitely a lot in there that's going to be Oh Lord newsworthy. So that's why we decided not to do it today because we, you know. This is what the whole segment's going to be about, just covering a bunch of topics and news topics and current events. That, um, some are old or newsworthy, some are not, but y'all y'all should enjoy it. We enjoyed doing it. It was fun switching yeah, it up was. a little bit, Ch- changing the pace. Um, but other than that, we can get right into it. Ready, Dad? Yeah, let's get started. All right, we'll catch up with y'all later. All right, so Dad, let's get into this. I mean, uh, as we said in the opening, we're doing something a little different today. And just kind of doing the traditional podcast way and going through our list of topics. Um, so we got a lot of things we want to talk about. <laughs> um, some 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 light topics, mm-hmm. some heavy topics. Uh, but I guess we can start off with the with the with the light stuff. <laughs> uh, I guess one of the things that I'm excited about for 2019 is this. You know, I guess the inner child in me. This list of movies that I've seen that are all set to come out in 2019. I'll name some of them that I'm particularly excited. Well, I'm always been, I grew up not watching too much anime cartoons, but I always been a Dragon Ball Z fan. I've been, mm. I kept up with that. So they got a new Dragon Ball movie coming out, Dragon Ball Super movie that looks cool. Um, they got some live action films coming out, you know, that I think would be cool. Aladdin, one of them. Oh, yeah. And I oh, got the Lion King too, right? They got the Lion King. And I think with Aladdin, they got, um, I think Will Smith is playing the genie. Uh, the voice in the Atlanta movie. Movie. Uh, they got. Um, I know people love Frozen. They got Frozen Two coming out. They got that final episodes of Star Wars. Of course, Avenger Four, Jumanji mm-hmm. Three, Toy Story Four is coming out as well. Wait, there big... was a second. Are you a second? A third Jumanji? Are they talking yeah, about a... in reference to like the Robin Williams? Then the. Uh, rock one and then the third one or has there been like a second one that had the rock in it the, well no the, I guess the third one they're just keeping it in order because I guess the second one was the one with rock and Kevin Hart okay I was I just watched that like a couple weeks ago it was actually good I, it I wasn't bad <laughs> <laughs> but I watched it too so I don't know I don't know who's going to be in this one I haven't seen anything from it but I've seen it on this list um, of course Avengers you know Spider-Man etc a new X-Men movie coming out and they're coming off it too as well. I didn't watch the remake of the new one that recently came out. I should watch that one. I got it mixed reviews right. on that. It was all right. 
So they got another one of that coming out. But but yeah, the slate of movies coming out in 2019 is pretty, pretty exciting. I'll definitely be there 100% for The Lion King, probably Aladdin, um, and Avengers and all that kind of stuff, and Star yeah. Wars. So yeah. I'll probably see The Wonder Woman because they got the an, another Wonder Woman. And there's actually going to be an actress from Insecure. I can't think of her name, but one of the actresses from Insecure was just signed on to be in that Wonder Woman. So oh, that's nice. That'd you know, fun. I'm actually still kind of stuck in 2018 a little bit in terms of mm-hmm. movies. Have you seen the first Purge? Like the very first one or you like the one no, that just came out? It's called the first Purge. Yeah, the one that just came out is called the first Purge. Oh, yeah, Purge. yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't see it, but it was supposed to be like how the Purge was made, right? Yeah, it, it's actually pretty interesting. And it features a lot of uh, black characters. Actually, one of them from Insecure, uh, Daniel, the one that uh, Issa was cheating with. He's mm. like the main character of the movie. And I'm like, okay, they need to ha- he needs to be the next Black Blade. Or I said Black Blade. He needs to be the next Blade. Because, <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> I mean, it got like a superhero vibe. Like, he, he the hero of the hood in the movies. That, so, I it was actually... That. It was like a Blade decent. series on Netflix or something like that. that yeah, cool. yeah. And I'm looking forward to Creed. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, That's not yeah, 2019, Creed. but that's this year. I want to see that. Creed, Creed, yeah. I think they got... um. They got him facing the guy who killed his father in the ring, the Russian. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be good because that was the best Rocky anyway. Yeah. yeah, that was good. That was good. Speaking of Insecure, uh, I just heard yesterday that Lawrence ain't going to be in this new season. <laughs> I heard that too. Okay. Maybe he'll come back in future seasons when they get back together. Because you know people break up. You yeah. know, it might take years for them to get back together. But, you know, I guess it's good she's going to have a little growth outside of his storyline. Yeah, because I think people were probably paying too much attention to that storyline. So now it gives them a chance to break away from it completely and do some other things. I still think they're going to get back together. Yeah, probably. I think he's just out this season. I don't think he's out indefinite, like forever. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, also, so I know, have you been following like this whole Takashi Six Nine situation? Okay, so I'm gonna just say that it a lot of it was coming up in my news feed, and I'm like, who is this person? Because <laughs> I saw he got robbed allegedly um but now people are like uh real allegedly uh because they're saying it might be like a publicity stunt or something like that yeah so for our listeners who don't know who Takashi 69 is he's like this young rapper um Spanish rapper from the city uh and what he does is and he has six nine he got like six nine the number six nine tatted all over his face all over his body he has like rainbow colored hair um he claims he is a blood i believe um and one of the things about him is that that he's his kind of way to fame has been trolling people on social media um and starting trouble and and just pretty much uh, his gimmick is just like poking the bear uh whether with other rappers with other real life kind of gang affiliates uh which is which entertains a lot of people but many people are like hmm uh he's doing this to get famous but at the same time he may really get hurt one day uh and he always kind of one of more his recent uh transactions is that he went to Chicago um people in Chicago was like oh you better not come here you better not come here so he went to Chicago a few weeks ago and 
you know, took videos of him on, I think what they call O Block, which was like, you know, a real, supposed to be like a real dangerous block and stuff like that. And was like, oh, I'm out here. I'm out here where y'all let. Uh, came back. Um, come to find out, like he took those those videos of him out there like four o'clock in the morning when nobody was out there, but was acting like he was out there doing like prime time and all this other kind of stuff and was exposed pretty quickly. And so many people have been like warning him that if you keep this up, you may get hurt one day for real. And so a couple of days ago, he got, um, allegedly he was kidnapped and pistol whipped and got drove into his house and took $750,000 worth of jewelry and all this kind of stuff and was hospitalized. And many people didn't believe it. Uh, and he said it's true, but most people still don't believe it because of how much of the trolling he does. So it's just like one of them crazy situations, like the boy who cried wolf in a way. And then people are just trying to figure out what's going on with that. Is it real? Is it fake? But also I read that he told the police a completely different story than what he told um, I guess me, uh, media people initially, mm-hmm. like so, mm-hmm. it's conflicting tales. I so I I will interpret that one of two ways. Either he's it's a publicity stunt uh, and potentially like some insurance fraud uh, because he claimed like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of jewelry and some cash was stolen, or mm-hmm. he potentially knows who did it. And he is trying to like do some like damage control. Like maybe it was a warning from some people that he know and, you know, they let him off. Cause you, if you look at that picture, his show don't look all that pistol whip. Like he, I mean, no, he mm. he but doesn't. so it could have been like a little shake up, a little warning and he not like really like giving all the details or he just lying. That's my yeah. interpretation. I just think he's lying because he had a video drop the very next day and a single with Nicki Minaj and he's just trying to get all those views and clicks uh, for sure. So I think it's a gimmick. I don't I don't believe it. Too many inconsistent <laughs> things. <laughs> I just he's know too, he like, like you said, he's too clean. With all that uh, freaking colorful hair. And he's just like a piece of candy or something. Yeah, man. This is this is the new the new generation of rappers coming up. Some of them. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess, you know what? I can't say that because, you know, old rappers wanted to do like Thug Life too. But like, it seems like a lot of rappers are like caught up in like the gang image and like really wanting to prove like, oh, I'm I'm a gang member. That's yeah. so weird. But I yeah, guess like, not because people did that in the past too. So I can't even act yeah, like he's, he's Yeah, young. he's like 21, 20, I think. Uh, super young, so. Still, still got a lot of growth and just trying to make his mark, I guess. Can you just tell um, me one song he sings? Maybe I know it. Uh, he his song names are weird. Like the new song that came out is called like Fifi, and like his songs are always like syllables like that, like Fifi. I think another one's like Gigi or something like that. It's like super weird, and you probably you wouldn't know because um, okay. his songs don't make it to the radio. Okay, um, but he has a pretty good following. Oh, but they're like super kind of hype songs, like not not really lyrical, but it's like just kind of intense, like get you get your blood flowing, energized type songs. Just get you going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of allegations, though, oh, another no. popular figure uh, who actually had a pretty popular interview with Takashi Six Nine not too long ago is Charlemagne the God, um, and his rape allegations. What you think about that? 
Well, I, there, there's a lot to that because uh, all of the allegations or everything that's swarming around him right now is not just one person. There's like this thing from his past with, uh, I think the person's name is Jessica Reed or something like that, that, you know, from when he was like 22, you know, there's the story related to his wife, which she did call mm-hmm. into the radio station and clarify. And then there's also like the Bill Cosby-ish thing with, you know, using Spanish fly, the way the story was originally told, you know, it, it seemed like the woman was not aware that she had Spanish fly. Now he's come out and said like, oh, they both took it and they were, you know, they both got it together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, this is not a good look. It is not a good look. Um, I've, you know, I've, I listen to the Breakfast Club. I listen to the Brilliant Idiots podcast. And I, um, I feel like Charlemagne has been trying to, I would say that he has been trying to push this conversation on rape culture. I know he's been a big proponent of like, we need to really talk about so people can understand what is rape and what is not rape. Um, and listening to his Brilliant Idiots podcast where he's a little bit more raw than he is on the radio. Um, and sometimes as listening, I'm like, man, this is this. I'll, I'll be cringing a little bit like this may come back to haunt you, bro. <laughs> like, like you're talking a little crazy on here. But I would say that the context in which he was talking most time on the podcast was about like. He was saying that rape culture has kind of like exposed him to some things that when he looks back on things that he's done in his, in his past life, that it could potentially be considered rape or within that realm. But he didn't know it at the time. Cause he was like, that's what everybody was doing. We didn't have these conversations and stuff like that. It, it wasn't along the lines. Like I was like, you know, happy to do this. It was most of the time on a podcast. It's like, he's reflecting and like, like, dang, I kind of, that's that's some kind of, you know, borderline stuff in the past and just being open and candid about it. And now I think it's coming back to haunt him. Because of mm-hmm. people are pulling the audio, they're pulling back or pulling it back from that that podcast, um, especially with his wife, which he said plenty of times on the podcast. He said on the air too, you know. And I think the issue is that he jokes about it. You know, he used the word rape very loosely, um, like you know, I, I raped my wife the first time we sat together because we were both drunk, and you know, la la la. Um, and I think you know, this is what's getting him into a lot of trouble. So I don't know. Well, I and I'm, I'm gonna say this to listeners, especially listeners that are men or you have sons. If you don't want to get in trouble, you don't want your son in trouble. I'm gonna just say that ignorance I didn't know is no longer a good excuse. Mm-hmm. I know when I have sons, if I have sons, they're gonna know, dude, if you're drunk. If she's drunk, (laughs) don't do it, especially if it is the first time you have encountered, you know, this person, like if it's boyfriend and girlfriend, okay, that's different. Husband and wife, y'all drink together. Not saying that, you know, there still has to be consent in those situations, but Mm -hmm. it is a very different situation when you are with a woman, y'all both might be drunk. You have not had any sexual encounters in the past and then you engage in it like that's you asking for some charges and 
you should know better now. There's there's zero excuses now. It's just that's too much gray area. And for me, it's not even about like, you know, place and blame. It's just kind of like, for me, I don't when I have a son, I don't want to ever be like trying to bond him out over some rape charges and him using the I don't know excuse. If if it's not your girlfriend, your significant other, you don't know their cues, you don't know whether they really want to do this or not, just don't. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I mean, there definitely has been more conversation about it. Um, I think a lot of people are looking for like a rule book, you know, what what are the, the, the clear boundaries and you and they're really you can't you can't really predict that or say it because every situation is different. And so um, you're right. I think everybody just has to, especially guys, have to really be like, you know, just fall back. I don't know. I mean, a lot of it, like people talk about like hyper masculinity and stuff and what it means to be a man and kind of be aggressive and pursue. Um, but I think that has to change. You got to fall back, man. You got to take it easy. Like I'm growing up, my dad scared the mess out of me and my brothers with that kind of stuff. You know, he would just always just like, just no is no. Like that's it. Any kind of indication of like no consent or whatever, that's it. You go, we just walk away. That's what that's what me and my brothers have always done. We didn't play them games, man. You know, if it was an issue or something or it was a tricky situation, just turn the other way and go home. Call it a day. Yes. Yes. Because it is really about just leaving little room for interpretation in mm-hmm. terms of your behavior. And like I said, I wasn't in a room. I can't say it was or was not rate the people who are there and so and I because I know actually Angela Rye she actually got a lot of backlash because she you know kind of went out there and took a risk and like pretty much was like you know I know Charlemagne I think she was like I you know I know he wouldn't do this but that's a risky thing because really you don't know what people do behind closed doors all you can Yeah, all you can say is that, you know, this doesn't sound like the person that I know him to be, but you can't make like just flat out claims about what somebody did or did not do when you wasn't in that bedroom. So that's why, you know, I'm going to see how this plays out. I do know the girl from when he was 22. She's trying to appeal to the South Carolina Supreme Court to get that case reopened, Mm -hmm. although... Uh, he took a plea deal uh, related to like the delinquency of a minor because he had like people drink like minors drinking at the party. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, you know, district attorney's office was like, OK, we're not reopening the case because with the plea agreement. Yeah, like, can't really that's part. That's usually kinda, part of the plea that, you know, is done. It's mm-hmm. done once you say guilty, I'm guilty or whatever. But she is trying to appeal to the Supreme Court um, of the state. Mm. I don't know how that's going to turn out. I'm going to be watching it because I, I even know like HBO just made an announcement that they are watching this because, you know, he's yeah, supposed to have that we'll show. starting in like January. Gray matter. Gray area. Gray area like that. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, this is, you know, this is what happens when your past comes back to haunt you and you got to be careful. Um, yes. Now it could be potentially messing up his money in this big deal. He always wanted his own show and he got it on HBO and now... This stuff is still not going away. And uh, like you can't, you got to, you know, I understand you being talking freely on your podcast, but you got to also understand, like, there's some things you just can't joke about and play around with. Um, and if he would have been a little bit more careful with his words or how he approached it, it could be a completely different situation in that. 
Well, speaking of past coming back to haunt people, <laughs> did you hear about uh, Trevor Noah? Uh, he just recently got caught to the carpet because of some jokes that he made a few years ago. No, I didn't hear about this. Okay, so in one of his stand-up clips, uh, he was like, all women of every race can be beautiful. Um, and I know some of you are sitting there now going, oh, Trevor, I've never seen a beautiful Aborigine. Which, mm, it, that's kind of like, I mean, just think about that. Like if somebody made a joke, like maybe like it was a, a white comedian, I was like, oh, all, all women of every race can be beautiful. But I know mm-hmm. you're probably thinking to yourself, I've never seen a beautiful black woman. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like that yeah. is like targeting a whole group of people is really insensitive. And then once people saw that, they like kind of went back into his tweets and he had like a tweet that was uh, saying like, oh, uh, Chris Brown is number one right now, but Rihanna's not selling that much. So I guess he beat her more than once. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh man. Like you cannot, you, and so it's just crazy because he's now seen, you know, he's on the daily show. He's, you know, supposed to be like a woke bay um, Mm -hmm. of sorts. Cause once you sit in that daily show seat, like you're supposed to be the one that's like calling people out on the ridiculous things that they do and they say, um, and now his past is coming back to haunt him. Yeah. And I would say this though. I mean, I guess he's comedian by trade, right? Is uh, Trevor? Yes, he is. Yes. He, cause he even has some stand up, like yeah, he, he has some, like, has some jokes about African-Americans in the past. Yeah. And so I guess with, with that, you know, I guess it's tricky because I mean, most of the time comedians get that creative flexibility where they do push the envelope a lot, you know, in their content, what they say, trying to get a joke, trying to get a laugh. Um, and now that he has this new platform, which I don't know if that was always his goal in life. I think with comedians, you'll always find some like crazy controversial things they've said in their past. Um, so it's like, yeah. do we give them slack for it? Do we not? Because his previous profession, that's what they do, you know, <laughs> to get a laugh. So I was, mm, I did feel some type of way about like his African-American jokes. I can't remember them specifically now, but as you know, because, you know, people always trying to like make African-Americans the butt of like lots of jokes. Yeah. Um, But I have watched The Daily Show because I, in one sense, I do understand comedians are, can be really crude. Yeah. You know, they can say things that are like really push the envelope. Um... So I, I did give him a little slack with that. I do appreciate him coming out because he has responded and was like, you know, after I made that joke, you know, I actually went to museums that like celebrated this group of people. And I knew then like the mistake that I made and like targeting a particular population. Mm -hmm. Uh, I made a joke like that in the past and it's a joke that I I will never joke like that again. Mm. So you know, I, I'm not going like if you can like admit your mistakes, you're not trying to make excuses for them. You apologize and you actually like show that you tried to do the history. You tried to get a little lesson about why whatever you did was inappropriate. Then that's to me growth. And I can celebrate someone's growth. I can support growth. So Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. A lot of I mean, everyone 
<laughs> I think this is the thing, the scary thing about the new social media age is that, um, you know, everybody grows. You do things when you're younger, you say things when you're younger. And then 10 years later, you would never imagine saying those kind of things or thinking that kind of way. Um, and, and, and when you're pulling back up these old tweets now that we can do and, and statuses and stuff like that, uh, you know, it's like, okay, we gotta, should we allow people the time to grow or figure out, did they grow? I don't know. That's a interesting, um, part of the conversation we're trying to have, I guess nowadays, cause you know, he grew from it, I'm sure. And I'm sure there's things that I don't even know from my old Twitter back in the day when it first started. <laughs> like I, 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 a few, a few months ago, I actually tried to go back and like really like look all the way, all the way back. Like, man, did I say anything crazy? Like, what was I saying back then? I didn't see anything like crazy alarming, you know, as far as I went back. I didn't go all the way back to the beginning, but I'm sure there's something out there. You know, who knows what I was saying? I have I have checked my old Twitter account more than once to go back to see like what did I say what did I do I don't I decided I was like I'm just create a new one just in case because once you put your Twitter on lock it that stuff won't be archived and stuff like okay that. yeah unless you got somebody following you who go like when you grow up <laughs> trying to get you oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's why I made a new one too and uh, and the hundred people who are following me, my old one hopefully none of them are. I was trying to <laughs> try to take me out, uh, but yeah, you just never know. I just like never know. You know. Am I more careful today of what I would post and say? Yeah, heck yeah, you know what I'm gonna put out there. Yeah, you gotta be. <laughs> but back then, when I have that many responsibilities or I wasn't thinking a certain kind of way, who knows what I put out there? Yeah. Uh, okay. What we got next on the docket? Um, so some, some cool news, um, the new Black Panther comic series with Shuri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was recently released that Shuri is going to have her own comic book series, uh, mainly as a response from what she, the, the response she got from the movie. Um, so she will be, you know, uh, getting her own comic book, which I think is exciting for a lot of young black females. And who are looking up to this in the engineering capacity and seeing themselves represented in that comic book world. So that's something cool to look out forward to. Yeah, I is something. So I have not read a lot of comic books. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to be a comic book <laughs> head because, you know, like when like new trends start, <laughs> like, you know, I've been reading comic books since I was like five. <laughs> not me. But I do want to make sure like I because it's supposed to be coming out in October. I want to get it for my nieces. Who, oh, that'd be nice. You know, they're at that age where they're probably trying to figure out their identity, who they are. And I would like to show them like, being a nerd is cool. Yeah. Like, like doing these things that Shuri is doing, she's going to be like a leader in this series. She's stepping up to the mm -hmm. plate, but also she's smart. She's a genius. Mm -hmm. And so just showing them how that is like really uh, important. Um, so I hope they can get into comic books. Uh, I wasn't, but it, it would be cool if yeah, they can. Yeah, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. Uh, what's up with your girl, uh, Kenya? You know? <laughs> on Real Housewives oh in Atlanta. <laughs> oh, she is. Um, yeah, I heard she's off the show. You know what? Um, I'm not gonna lie. That makes me happy. <laughs> it doesn't make me happy. Okay, so this is one of the first time we done talked about something. Okay, first of all, like this 
I could see if maybe this would be her last season because she's had like a full story arc. But this whole time, people have gotten on her about like, oh, you ain't got no man. Uh, you gonna have to like do a sperm donor, like a, a pizza box, uh, a pizza delivery man gonna be your baby daddy. All of this stuff like this. Now that she finally has a husband and is pregnant, <laughs> you wanna... And and that storyline, it makes zero sense to me. Like they could have at least finished that story arc before. Like, did they say why she's not coming back? Well, from what I read, is that they weren't going to have her back. They wanted to her to do all the taping that she's been doing historically, like do everything she's done in the past. Plus, of course, she was going to show her husband uh, this season. But they were going to reduce her pay significantly. Like, I don't know if this figure is correct. They said they wanted to reduce her pay 90%. Like, she was going to be paid like a friend of the show and mm. instead of just like an actual housewife. But she was going to be doing all the same taping. So, like, they haven't been able to come to a, an agreement. So, if you don't reach an agreement, they're already taping. They've already cut checks for, like, the first episode. So... Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, it is. It is ironic that when she becomes a wife on a housewife show, she gets kicked off. <laughs> I mean, my my. You know, I watch that show with my wife, and Kenya is just not uh, one of my favorite people on that show. Uh, I feel like she just be just be mean and just be starting stuff, and it just and to me, I think for me, the one of the biggest things I just feel like I can never really. I never knew how genuine she was, you know, yeah. or is like, it's like, are you just playing? Are you fake? Is this real? Are you just putting on, um, even the whole situation when she got her husband and, uh, you know, didn't invite nobody to the wedding or like even her closest friends and didn't tell anybody. And it was like, hush, hush. And he's living in New York and she's living in Atlanta. And I don't know, it was just a, a weird situation, uh, you know, that came out of nowhere. But, you know, I, and that part of me thought kind of like when we talked about Takashi 6 9 is this real or is it fake? Is she doing it to continue her storyline on the show? Or is she really in love? Is she really married? I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to be sad to see her go on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really hoping that she can get her own reality TV show so that the Maybe. people who want to see this story play out can see it play out. Cause she actually is pregnant. Like she's shown her belly and everything. Yeah, she so. is. It was questionable. And I would say that the, I would give her this, the last season, she wasn't like as bad to me, like as like annoying and frustrating. <laughs> um, I think, I do think she was playing a character. Like some people know what makes good reality TV, mm -hmm. love her or hate her. She brings the ratings because she's so controversial. I guess. Uh, I know we, we didn't have this on the list, but I see, you know, controversial people like, like Phaedra <laughs> supposed to get oh. her own show now. Yeah. I saw that. Like I, I am not a Phaedra fan. <laughs> she seems fake to me. She's very like, I, at first I thought she was like a normal, like real person. But then as that show went on, I'm like, oh, no, you are not. You are very confusing. She is not real. <laughs> But yeah, I saw that. I guess it's going to be like The View or some like type of talk show or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what they said. Um, I probably won't be watching, just like I don't watch Candy Show uh, that comes on. Which might be canceled because it didn't even come on Sunday. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know if you're a good host, Candy. I don't know if that's like your thing. Mm, 
Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I feel like she needs to warm up a little bit. I've watched a couple episodes and I'm like, mm, she's she hasn't got her rhythm yet. Yeah, she got to figure that out. Okay, well, Real Housewives. Goodbye, Kenya. Hello, <laughs> somebody else. <laughs> hey, in you. Okay. Speaking of TV shows, and this will also lead us into our next segment mm-hmm. about politics. Have you seen the new show by Sasha Vera Cohen called Who is America? No, I haven't. Oh my God. Like you you need to look at some of the segments online. When I tell you this show is like bananas. Do you know who Sasha Bear Cohen Bear So yeah, Cohen what is this show? What what is the show comes just online or like CNN or So it's on Showtime, but like now like you can see because they are so outrageous. You can look at like all of the clips or most of the clips on. Okay. So it's a show, so you know, he was Borat. He likes to play these characters. Oh yeah, that guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he has a show where he is essentially playing all of these different characters to kind of give people insight into like, who are the people of America? And he is tricking them into doing a lot of crazy and interesting things. So for instance, in the first episode, there was a segment about, um, he was pretending to be, uh, this like, gun advocate um and he was in costume and stuff and he was asking like uh like people from like these national gun associations as well as like elected officials to endorse this program called kinder guardians and it is a program where they teach preschoolers how to shoot guns um Mm. to like keep people safe in schools and stuff like that and it it, it sounds that's that would seem to be outrageous. Mm-hmm. And so one uh, one lawmaker from Florida was like, uh, I'm not about to like say that. Like, you're not you can't just, you know, ask people to read like these outrageous things, like endorsing programs that they know nothing about. Like no elected official would do that. It then cuts to a clip with like four or five like Republican officials uh, you know, endorsing this program, saying things like maybe having the young people trained and understand how to defend themselves in their schools might actually make us safer. Like that's one of the tame ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Republican official was like, I support the kindergarten programs. Uh, you know, the second amendment doesn't have any age limit, mm-hmm. you know, so there can be good guys, whether they're teachers or whether they be whether they actually be talented children or highly trained wow. preschoolers. Wow. <laughs> like they actually said that. Um. And, um, one one uh, Joe Wilson, who's a congressman from South Carolina, said a three year old cannot defend himself, defend itself from an assault rifle by throwing a Hello Kitty pencil case. Our founding fathers did not put an age limit on the Second Amendment. Mm. Uh, he had Dick Cheney <laughs> signing. Uh, so he had like an empty gallon jug of water and he had Dick Cheney to autograph. He told Dick Cheney that this was his waterboard starter kit and he had Dick Cheney to autograph it. And he did. Oh, my goodness. man! <laughs> <laughs> oh, where are the moral compasses and people with just good judgment? That's crazy. Everybody's talking about no, no age limit. Um, but we do have an age limit on what age you can have and, and hold and purchase a gun. 
<laughs> yeah. But I would just say the most outrageous one was he had this uh, Georgia representative, Jason Spencer, who has now resigned because of what was shown on this show. So he pretended to be like this Israeli self-defense character. Oh, that was him? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. Okay. Yes. And he was saying like the N word. He called people like saying N words. And um, he like literally pulled his pants down because he was like, oh, if uh, uh, there's this belief of like you touch like these uh, soldiers, which are behind, it'll turn them gay. Like, yeah, he put his pants down in his boxers and screaming the (laughs) N word. Like as loud as with the e hard er at the end as loud as he can. I was like, "Yo, bro, you cannot believe this is real for one second. And he did, like the outlandish yes. things. Because he, I think, it was something like if you yes. see like an Islamist extremist, whatever, they're again they're very homophobic. So if you pull your pants down, you know that's going to back them up and they're going to stop and and yell. Yes. Like, bro, come on, man. Like, <laughs> and he believed it. Yeah, now he's in a he's in a big a lot of trouble. He got a uh, all his Republican colleagues shaking their head and like, bruh, come on, WT, WTF, bruh. man. <laughs> oh, yes. And so I'm just interested to see how the rest of the season is going to play out to see like what else like outrageous things he's gotten people to say and do because they're so just ignorant. Like, wow, like you are really yeah, ignorant. That's insane. Okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was him. Oh, man. Yes. Okay. That all makes sense. Cause I used to watch his, his uh-huh, movies yeah. and stuff, so <laughs> he's good at getting people to do that kind of stuff, man, and exposing this this crazy things that you they will believe would never happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So I'm just interested to see who America is. Um. It's really cool. I would encourage people to look at the segment where he did like a focus group in a a small white town to see. You know, some of the things that they had to say when they thought he was uh, they were going to bring a mosque to the town and the things that they had to say, you know, about those people and how they, you know, they're barely tolerating black people. So they definitely don't want like those other outsiders coming Mm. in. So that's good. Well, of course, speaking about who is America or who America is, <laughs> there's a lot of confusion now if we are, in fact, Americans or if we are Russians in this country. Right? <laughs> right? Because of what Trump is out here doing uh, and messing with his guy Putin and everything like that. I mean, that, that story was just wild. Him, you know, pretty much just denying and and and, dis- and discrediting his own government's intelligence. Yes. <laughs> like, like they're wrong. Did you see that? Did you see that recent cover where they like more? Yeah, it wasn't time. Time did that. Yeah, I think it. I think it was. I might. It might have been time, which is kind of like that's creepy and scary. But like, I really want to know what they have on him because, like, the way he bows down to Putin is crazy. Like like it is so clear and obvious (laughs) that Putin got some kind of crazy dirt on this guy, and I. I don't know what it. What it is, you know. I. I have no idea. It's either maybe Trump knew that the Russians were, you know, infiltrating and and messing with the election could be one. Or maybe it's just some dirt that he just has on Trump's personal life that Putin is ready to pull the trigger on at any moment. Some videos and stuff. We've seen that he's been dealing a lot with paying women off that he's been engaged with in the past. Um, Well, I heard that there was a tape where he was getting a golden shower. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> and one of the dossiers that had like all that information, they said that like um, I guess somebody either Trump gave somebody a golden shower or somebody gave oh him one. Goodness. I don't know. But in my opinion, I feel like you got to follow the money. Like all of this stuff that like, so there's the Mueller investigation. Mm -hmm. And right now their big fish that they're like going in on is Manafort. And like all of that is like money related. And I feel like we need to follow the money uh, because I I feel like there's just like a lot of financial entanglements. You know, he has not released his financial documents. And I want to say people, that's why this midterm election is important. If the Democrats, I think if they get the house back, then guess who will have the authority to subpoena Mm. his financial records? Maxine Maxine Waters. She is like over like some like financial uh, like committee where she would have the authority to like uh, get those records. We need those records. And like even like following the money is what uh, his attorney, Michael Cohen, they were talking about this whole controversy. The audio reveals and talking about this controversial payment to to this woman or whomever. And Trump is firing back because of that. Um, his own attorney turning on him. I knew they was gonna find something in that raid when they did that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing, one thing that came out about those tapes and recordings, like so, some of his old lawyers I, that they were his lawyers, I think for either a bankruptcy or something. But they were like, he lies so much that you either have to have a witness present or you have to record. Because mm. so he has he has trouble remembering the truth. See, and I think honestly, I'm gonna say this. I don't think Trump is um like mentally all there and stable. You know, I don't think he has is in the mental state to really be running the country and being in this position. Uh and I, that's a scary thing, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think so either. I like just looking at his tweets, there's really something wrong with him. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, I I do feel like he uh, is uh, a bigot. I feel like everything he said, but I do also genuinely think that like, okay, he is older. Like maybe it's some signs of dementia or something like. I don't know, but it's something wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Something wrong with him, especially when you're trying to beef with everybody, China and Israel and Canada and Mexico. Everybody that ain't been really causing us no problems, but the one country that is causing us problems and interfering in our elections, you 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 hugging them and being homeless. <laughs> you gonna let right. them interrogate our people. Yeah. It don't seem right, right. man. So uh, in hopes of trying to get Trump out of here or paying attention to these midterm elections in twenty eighteen, is it there are a couple notables you think people should be paying attention to? Well, there was just uh the the Georgia Republican primary, because mm-hmm. we already know that the Democratic candidate is Stacey Abrams, some African-American woman. Um, and now she's going to be going against uh, this this freaking lunatic. Uh, he, um, what is his name? I looked at some of his political ads uh, last night. And when I tell you, his name is Brian Kemp. And like he labels himself a uh, non-PC super conservative. And he's like, in his ads, he's like, 
I like guns. I like the Second Amendment. Oh, man. You know, I'm going to do this. He, like, set off an explosive. I'm going to blow up regulations. Like, he is oh, legit crazy. <laughs> and he is running against an African-American woman. This is a big race that people are going to be following nationally. She's going to need support financially. You know, donate to the campaign, even if you can't vote. If you know people in Georgia, have them register. Because... He is off his rocker. Like there was another Republican candidate that was a lot more sensible, but he did some things that kind of made him unpopular mm. with voters. Like he took back the regulations um, or he took back some type of incentive or, uh, or fuel credit for Delta Airlines when they wouldn't support the NRA. And that kind of got him in trouble with Republicans mm. um, and a lot of people in Georgia because they're like, yo, you messing up our hub or whatnot. So now you have a black woman in a Southern state running against somebody that's as crazy as Trump who can win. Cause this yeah. is Georgia. So that's scary. We need to be watching that race. Yeah. Saying them key words up, I'm guns and all this other stuff, man. And the sad thing is that I can still get people to vote for them. Just saying those simple Oh, too simple. Because Republicans don't vote red regardless. Yeah. That's what y'all need to understand. They don't care how crazy these folk are. Yep. Um, but, you know, there is this new uh, wave that's not really a new wave, but a wave that's beginning to scare a lot of some Republicans and also some kind of Democrats as well. Like what we see with the the, the winning um, of, of Alexandria Cortez mm -hmm. um, and the whole thing of Democratic Socialists. Uh and, and what that is, you know, moving forward. <clears throat> and when she won, you know, and democratic socialism means pretty much just, just in a way, just like most social organizations, just kind of abolishing capitalism um, and really focusing on things about the economy and, and giving more rights and, and focusing their issues on what's going on about poverty mm -hmm. and, and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And not that one of her big things was that she didn't take any money from corporations or, you know, for-profit entities and, was for the people and it's something that she wants to continue to do and people are asking like well if you get bigger and grow bigger and bigger campaigns will you take money and she said no you know she doesn't want to be in that kind of oh i say one thing but still taking money she was like she believes in, in the people and she believes that there should there shouldn't people in this country sh should not be severely poor and not have food and not have money and and all this kind of stuff. Um, and so that, that puts a little kind of dent, right, in some of the Democrats' ways because although, you know, they say certain things, they still are have their, um, you know, get a lot of money from corporate entities and stuff like that. And so somebody that's now kind of winning without doing that and challenging that uh, can be problematic to those who are still fully invested in capitalism, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know there was recently a rally where uh, a Republican-like columnist decided to attend the rally. It had Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and, like, some other Democratic socialists. I don't even I know. I don't know if Bernie Sanders was there. But um, she was like, oh, I can see how people would be, like, dazzled by, you know, promises or dazzled by the the hope of having health care for their children and free college education. I almost fell for it too. But if not for God, you know, I, you know, came to my senses. <laughs> that is like the silliest thing. Who doesn't want health care yeah. for their children? Who doesn't want like free college education? But you would rather shoot yourself in the foot than 
vote for somebody because mm-hmm. they're liberal. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Uh, that's crazy. I mean, she made a good point in one of her interviews I listened to. She was like, you know, with Trump's tax uh, thing, uh, the tax act that he passed or whatever, you know, cost like $400 billion, something like that. Um, and he was, she was like, with $400 billion, you can, you be able to forgive everybody's student loans with that, with that kind of move, you know, I'm like, do oh, it. And that like, would really help the economy. Yes. Man. It would help me <laughs> as well. But yeah, the economy too. I'll take that. <laughs> we will be buying houses. Yes. Oh, come on, Trump. Yes. Do it. Do it for the people. Well, like all that money. And then she was like, she also made a good point too that people, when it comes to like wars and defense budgets, nobody ever questions that, right? And those are very, very expensive things. But why mm-hmm. do we always have to question when we're trying to create policy that helps people? Right or relieves debt or makes our economy better. Why? Why is the budget concern then? But when we're ready to go and drop bombs on somebody, oh, there's no questions. I'm like that. You know, there's a good point she's raising, and so hopefully it continues to catch catch wind. So if we're like really being honest with ourselves, people want inequality, especially those that benefit from oh, yeah. inequality, and that's why they oh, ain't yeah. gonna do it. Of course. That's how capitalism works. Yes, unfortunately. That's a whole different conversation. Um, interesting story, too, uh, that happened around where I teach in New Paltz, um, and it caused a lot of fuss with the, the faculty in my department because one of the culprits or somebody that had some questionable, controversial comments was an administrator at my school. But another young uh, candidate, a congressional candidate, <clears throat> his name is Antonio Delgado, uh, and he is actually a graduate of Harvard Law School, okay, and a, and a former lawyer or whatever, but he's a Democratic nominee for Congress in New York's 19th District. And there was a lot of controversy because amidst all these accomplishments, like I said, he graduated from Harvard's Law School and uh, is well accomplished. They During his campaign, uh, people found that in 2007, he released a rap album when he was younger. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, lyrics that crit- – and, and the thing about it is that the lyrics criticize, like, capitalism and America's history of racial injustice. But I think in there, I think he might have dropped, like, an N-word a couple times and some curse words and stuff like that, which, you know, now they're trying to say is super offensive. Uh, but their opponents and others around are using that as a way to kind of other him and be like he's not fit for this position because of uh, – he was rapping essentially. Um, and you know, the administrator at my school, I won't say any names, but, um, you know, his comments were along the lines, like, you know, talking about, he's a big, you know, a big professor in political science. So the paper, the New York times wanted to get his focus on it, um, his, his piece on it. And, you know, he said, is a guy who makes a rap album, the kind of guy who lives here in rural New York and reflects our lifestyles and values. He then went on to say that, you know, he doesn't even consider rap music to be real music. And he said, people like us, people in rural New York, we are not people who respond to this type of um, this part of American culture. Um, so there's a lot of controversy going on um, with that, you know, internally within the school, but also uh, of, of is this right or wrong? You know, why are you bringing up his past? If he made country music, you know, would that be bad? Right. But it's just because it's rap. All of a sudden it's like, oh, we can't have a rapper in there. Well, he doesn't rap anymore. He did it when he was younger. <laughs> I saw that. Um, and I would just say that. I saw where this person also like apologized and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but 
let me just explain something for the listeners. Academics, um, they they understand what it means to be precise in their language. Mm-hmm. When I tell you that I know so many people in this profession who will spend an hour crafting an email because yeah. <laughs> they are just making sure that the words are right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he knew what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. He'd been in the game for a very long time. You know, he he is, you know, I'm not going to say, but he's older, you know, been doing this for Dog decades. Dog politics. <laughs> and Dog so, yeah, politics. I, I think you're right. There has to be some accountability there. You know what you were saying, um, especially if you're talking to a reporter. I mean, you got to even be more careful. You know, it's one thing sending an email to a, another colleague and, and being careful, but you're writing to a reporter and that's about to reach the masses. And, and it's also the New York Times. <laughs> you better be super careful. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting. Like now, what, again, how we kind of talked about earlier, bringing things up from your past and people who are trying to make a change, who are younger, who are progressive or trying to be involved politically, this stuff is being held against them. Uh, for creating mm-hmm. a, a rap album in 2007 uh, about whatever, right? And not considering that real music, whatever. Uh, what else? Real quickly, too, I just uh, I think our listeners should notice. I recently seen. Hopefully, this is not a trend that's going to continue. But in New Hampshire, they changed up the uh, well, they created a law that wasn't supposed to pass, but wound up passing, where they're pretty much making it tougher uh, for students to vote. Um, and mainly students who are from out of state now have to pay about like $100 or something like that to vote. Uh, and it's a real strategy to try to dampen like the Democratic vote in, in those states, um, which is a scary thing. Uh, paying to vote, like it, who does that? You know, <laughs> like that should not that should not be an option that should never pass uh, because that's going to really, really hurt the Democratic process, especially talking about capitalism. And you're talking about students, like, mm-hmm. or have a hundred dollars mm-hmm. to go spend. You think I'm gonna spend a hundred dollars to vote? Oh, you bugging? <laughs> it's it's actually so in the same way that in North Carolina they were targeting black voters with surgical precision. You go after college students, youth voters who typically are a little bit more liberal. Mm-hmm. You're doing this on purpose. And I actually read an article about one of the students who is running um, because he's running because he doesn't like this platform of trying to disenfranchise youth voters. And he actually said that he had to spend three hundred dollars with registering his car because you have to register your car there, too. And sometimes that can be expensive uh, because you also usually have to switch like your uh, car insurance. getting the new license and he said it took him 45 minutes one way just to make it to the DMV Mm. um, to like do these things. So that is a high bar for students who are usually like stressed about a lot of other things. Like you are really trying to like create these obstacles to, cause you're afraid that you can't win out. Yeah. Yeah. That's all they're trying to do. And so we got to pay attention. I mean, you know, not many people are from New Hampshire or, Maybe not even know where New Hampshire is at, uh, but if these if these things continue, then it can end up in your own state or community uh, if it's even found to be successful, or they fear people are not paying attention to it. So, mm-hmm. got to be careful with that. You know. Um, yes. All right. So moving on, I want to talk about something real quick. Got to get this off my chest. What's up? Uh, 
you know, I, you know, I'm on social media mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm all about health. You know me, Daph. Right. Yeah, I, I, yes. I'm, I'm always I'm always proponent about people being healthy, whether it's working out, whether it's eating right um, and all that good stuff. But, you know, this has been frustrating me a little bit. What's been frustrating me is this kind of vegan movement. OK, <laughs> I'm not mad. Now, let me let me let me preface by saying I'm not mad at vegans. Right. I'm not mad at people who choose that lifestyle. It is great. I'm never going to be upset about that. But I am starting to feel that there are some people claiming this kind of vegan lifestyle or participating in the vegan movement because it's trending. Mm-hmm. And they don't really know what it entails, what it's supposed to be. Either they're trying to lose weight or they see everybody doing it. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's hashtag vegan. And all the posts is like, oh, look at this vegan burger I had, these vegan chips and these this vegan water I had. Everything, I'm like, come on, people. It's, <laughs> It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And so I'm just like, you know, take it easy. And I think what I want to say is that, you know, okay, some people use vegetarian, it's pescatarian, you know, every people just eat meat. And, you know, you can be healthy no matter what style you choose to eat or whatever kind of foods you eat. There's, you know, everything in moderation. But I do want to say that some of y'all, real hardcore vegans, okay, it's not just about diet. Mm-hmm. It's not just about diet. Like, it's about really uh, uh, the preservation of animals and nature and how we treat them, right? So mm-hmm. not only would they, you know, kind of just eat vegetables, which seems is where many of you just stop. Like, okay, I had a salad and it was great. I might have had some tofu. It was great. Um, but, you know, they don't eat, like, anything that really comes from animals, period. Like, milk and eggs, dairy products and cheese. They don't wear leather. They don't wear leather. They don't wear leather. <laughs> So them Jordans you still stomping around in as you put in hashtag vegan or them jackets you wearing, you know what I'm saying? Or the honey you're using in your tea, like from the bees, like they don't do any of that stuff. It is a real lifestyle because it's trying to really preserve the animals and eliminate certain health risk and environment and reduce really the environmental footprint overall. And so all of those of you who are claiming vegan, yes, you can have a vegan diet. But stop saying you're full vegan if you're still wearing that leather jacket or you still, like I said, using honey in your tea or drinking milk and all that kind of stuff. Let's just be real. That's all I want to say. I just got to get off my chest because it's a lot going on. And I don't think people are really understanding like what it really means. I'm <clears throat> just a fan. <laughs> you, you, uh, you, you had to get that off your chest. But no, I feel you. One thing I don't like is, especially for people who do it for um, health reasons, not because they have like the strong conviction about animals Mm -hmm. or something like that. And they make comments like, oh, you know, if y'all want to be health unhealthy, you know, y'all do y'all thing, but don't judge me. First of all, that's a really judgmental comment. (laughs) And I know a lot of people who vegan lifestyle and all they do is eat vegan cupcakes all day. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Any lifestyle, any diet can be unhealthy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If all you sitting around doing is eating uh, fried vegetables and vegan cupcakes, I'm sorry, you're not more healthy than me just because you do that lifestyle. You know, if if, if it works for you, kudos. Uh, but you ain't got to shade what other people want to do. Shade, yes, yeah. I eat meat. Yes. I do. And I'm still healthy. Yes, yes my vital signs <laughs> are always good. My blood pressure, everything. So... And I still eat my chicken and my beef and everything. But everything's good in moderation. You know, I try to get the leaner cuts, you know, try not to fry stuff. 
whatever. But yeah, I think with this like this vegan stuff is putting people in like in their mind is like I'm better than you know. Um, but not everybody is like that. Some people do it moderately. They don't even tell you they're vegan. They just go along their lives and just enjoy their food and are peaceful about it. But I'm just really speaking to all those people who I know and who I see. You know, who a couple months ago was indulging in a burger, but now they're all of a sudden the, <laughs> the most the strongest advocates for being a vegan, and their whole life has changed. No, no, no. I see you. I see you. <laughs> And no, no tea, no shade. I see a lot of those people uh, within like six months going back to, oh, I think I really <laughs> want to just be a pescatarian. But no tea, no shade. No okay, okay. We'll keep an eye on it. All right. Well, you know what's something that has made me upset recently? Mm. What's that? It is the unfair, and I'm pretty sure this done pissed you mm-hmm. off too, the unfair or unequal um, outcomes when it comes to uh, criminal justice mm-hmm. and the law. Uh-huh. So I was just reading this story and it just really made me mad. So there was this daycare worker in 2016. I, I don't know what possessed her to do this, but she decided to hang a baby with a mm-hmm. noose. Mm-hmm. Uh, a father dropping off his child, like ended up showing up and seeing it. So he saved the baby, but the woman drove off in a car, hit multiple pedestrians with her car, mm-hmm. um, did all of this, was charged, uh, pled guilty to attempted murder and third degree assault. Tell me how many years she got. Uh, uh, I'm going to guess the trend we see. Zero? <laughs> Yeah, she got zero years. Mm-hmm. She got 10 years probation for attempted murder of a baby, hanging a baby with the noose because the judge was like, oh, I, I don't see these factors ever coming together again to have this happen. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Oh, Are you serious? That's... When a black woman get, what, five years for voting because she didn't realize she couldn't because she had a past felony? Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Man, it can't be more apparent the the inequality of justice in this country man there ain't no way first off you ain't gonna you ain't gonna hang my baby and then not get no time like that's that's the <laughs> only reason that you still walking this earth is because i'm expecting them to get you behind bars because of what you yes. just did to my child and now you're gonna tell me you can walk for, walk around for free and with no issues after you don't hang oh come on now this is this is insane Gonna have me acting like ghosts in that last episode after AA <laughs> when he went chasing Just, after that DUI guy. Yep, your own personal, you know, vigilante trying to handle stuff yourself. <laughs> um, when the justice system does not work, then people, you know, they might feel compelled to take matters in their own hand. I'm not saying I agree with that, but it's just kind of like when we never get justice. Yeah, I mean, you can like, kind of under, you can kind of understand. I mean, it's just like. Uh, you know, and hopefully we do see justice in this case that everybody's been talking about with the young lady, young woman named Nia Wilson and the stabbing that occurred. Mm. It's such a sad story. Yes. Um, you know, for those of you who don't know, she got stabbed. Her and her sister got stabbed by a white man mm-hmm. while they were in the BART train station, I believe. Right. Um, in Oakland. Yeah. In Oakland. Yeah. Um, and, you know, how old was she? 17? She was 18. 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy was on the run for a while, you know, young girl just on the train. And it was clearly he clearly had uh, he targeted them because he like changed his clothes and, and, and was on the run and uh, and really took her life. And it took a while, but they found him. Um, 
Uh, I've seen people also critiquing the way the police handle them um, uh, as well, because, you know, we see how black folks who are completely innocent, have no weapons, who've done no harm, get brutally beaten and, and all that kind of stuff. And this guy, they were very calm and they took him and slowly and carefully and not a bruise. And, you know, I'm not saying that they should have did anything crazy, but this guy is a, you got him on camera murdering, you know, one girl and stabbing another one, his sister. Unprovoked. Unprovoked. You sh- and you know he probably still has weapons on him. And it was a very peaceful interaction uh, between them and the police. And so that begs the question, like, yo, you can do this. You can be this way. Uh, and it, But regardless, you know, we'll keep our eye on it. I'm sure, you know, because he's not a police officer and a civilian or whatever, he was already on parole, that he will be getting a substantial amount of time uh, behind bars mm-hmm. for sure. One thing I did appreciate about this case is how the media – uh, did not attempt to paint him as some um, good guy who did, oh, you know, how how could this have happened? Like, they talked about his criminal record. You know, they talked about how, like, he, even hell, even one of the neighbors was like, it's always been something mm-hmm. wrong with that boy. Um, he always been a problem. So I kind of appreciate that they didn't try to, like, turn it around to, like, make the the accused, the victim and make the victims, you know, some, you know, type of criminal. So yeah. I, I appreciated that. And uh, just, you know, like you said, hoping that uh, justice is served. And for anybody that might get it twisted, nobody is saying that we want the police to beat up uh, uh, non-black suspects. <laughs> what we are saying is if you can peacefully take in somebody that you know is a murderer, Yes. He's on camera murdering somebody and he probably still has weapons. He's a fugitive because he's running. If you can take him in peacefully, if you can take people like Dale and Roof in peacefully, then you can de-escalate situations where black people ain't even armed. How about that? Yes, that's all I'm saying. Is just look at the differences. We want we want peace for everybody. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Is that when the police always can act in that way, uh, for, you know white deranged killers, then they should be able to do so for black unarmed civilians mm-hmm. as well. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, we praying for the family of, of Nia Wilson and, and you know, they had her mom, her dad out there. After it happened, I saw his was sad video and the sister on the well talking, on the news talking about it too. So, <sighs> sad. Mm-hmm. Just never know. Um, also praying for the family members of the Clearwater man who was uh, murdered, um, but who we we are still questioning whether justice will be served because um, the person who shot him could potentially uh, invoke the stand your ground law, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which will be uh, very sad. Uh, if he can, but praying for that family and hoping they also get justice. Yeah, yeah, that's another good, <clears throat> another one we'll keep our eyes on. I mean, the stand your ground laws is too, it's too much, too controversial. Um, and you know, we've seen the altercation. Is it enough to say that this person should go scot free? I don't, I don't think so. Um, and uh, we'll definitely keep our eyes on that. But hopefully, it doesn't turn out. To be what we've always been seeing, you know, with these things, the other cases. When you got the sheriff saying stuff like that was a violent, uh, violent push, that wasn't a shove, that wasn't just a tap. 
when you have the sheriff saying stuff like that, it doesn't give me a lot of hope. But, you know, they don't make the final determination when it comes to bringing about cases. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Tell me about this um, Uber vomit fraud. What's, what's that about? <laughs> okay, so we already talked about uh, Uber taxi cab confessions mm-hmm. um, with people recording people. Well, be careful with Uber because a lot of people, I don't know if they're desperate for cash, you know, they just scamming. But what happens is you get into Uber, you take a normal ride, uh, you leave and you get like the, the charge. It might be like $10 or whatever it is. But then like maybe like 12 hours, 24 hours later, Uber sends you an email saying that they had to adjust uh, your account and charge you for uh, like damaging the car. And what happens is drivers are like planting like fake vomit in, in areas that are like easy for them to clean, but they will put like fake spills and fake vomit and stuff on their floor, on a seat or something like mm. that. And they can then take a picture and get uh charge the passenger like an extra like $150. Mm, wow. And from what I've been seeing is they they do it in like easy to clean places or like it's they're real tricksters with it because they're not really actually damaging their car. But if you've left the tax or if you left the Uber, you know, them sending that picture, the Uber typically sides with the driver because they're like, we got the picture. We got the evidence. So one thing you might want to do is take a little quick little, if you're going to take Uber or Lyft, take a little quick little snap of what things look like Mm -hmm. when you left. Mm -hmm. Maybe even a video, a real quick video Mm -hmm. so you can have everything in real time and you can always screen pause the video and screenshot it in certain places too. Um, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, it's crazy. And I've heard that it, it happens a lot in like touristy destinations like Miami where people are drinking and stuff like that. And like Vegas and like, they're doing it to where it's like, you know, hitting a lick. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep your eyes on that. All right. That's good. Good tidbit of information to know i also seen a story about the mgm suing the shooting victims to have claims dismissed yes so do you remember when um so it was a country music it was some it wasn't country music festival it was some country music some kind of music festival yeah but it was for country music Mm -hmm. likers or whatever they are (laughs) um so you know there's a guy who like shot all of these people and he did it from i think his mgm uh, room, the window, yeah. shot all these people. Now, I don't know if you remember the coverage, but like they went out of their way to say this was not a terrorist attack. Yeah. This this guy was not a terrorist. Mm-hmm. So the victims, of course, have been like putting lawsuits out because there are people who are paralyzed. You know, their lives are completely changed. And so what MGM is doing is putting out a lawsuit against anybody that has either expressed interest in like filing a lawsuit or already has had a lawsuit um, to, to have their suits dismissed because what they are arguing is that this was a terror attack and they abided by all of the federal laws related to like prevention of such an attack. Mm-hmm. Now, so I'm really interested in how the government is going to respond to this, because when it was convenient for you, this was just a lone wolf who was just like doing his thing. 
But let's see, because we know sometimes this is the United Corporations of America. So let's see. I, I'm really interested to see how this is going to play out to where are they now going to char- characterize this as a terror attack to protect a large corporation? Mm. Hmm. That's interesting. That is very true. <clears throat> and no, <clears throat> the MGM should take whatever hit they're going to have to take because uh, I know the victims are suing them, right? And so this is one of the reasons they're doing it to try to deny responsibility for it. But I don't know. Yeah, that's good. We've got to keep our eyes on that because it could set a crazy precedent to how corporations handle this and the law handles it, for sure. Mm-hmm. hmm hmm Now, I do have one question. Mm-hmm. So, you know, have you ever did Airbnb? I never did it, but I know everybody around me has done it, but I haven't gotten around to do it yet. Okay, so if you haven't done Airbnb, then I know you probably wouldn't do this. So uh, General Motors is about to launch an Airbnb-style program for your car. So that strangers can essentially rent your car. Interesting. I wouldn't do it. You know, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> like I, I ain't gonna have nobody in my car. To, <laughs> but I can. I mean, but maybe if I had, you know, uh, if I had a car that I never use or it's old, and people just want to get around the area. So what I mean, do what are the details on? Is it like certain mileage? Is it just like I can have it for the day for a flat fee? Gas. Uh. You know what? I, I don't know those details. Mm. I, I'll yeah. have to look that up because I think they're still developing it. Yeah. But for me, I would almost rather rent out a room in my house than freaking let somebody use my car. I'm just like really weird about my car. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just, yeah. I mean, I just don't want anybody out there just running the streets in my car, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is weird. Um, and I wouldn't even people want living in my home. Like I said, it would, I can only, I would only even like, be a host for an Airbnb if it was like a a guest a a guest house I had yeah. or yeah somewhere you know I don't live I don't have nobody in my my home just living up in here and driving my cars nah um, but that could be interesting though because I mean people may do it if it's like cheaper than a car rental and you can set your own price but I can also see a lot of issues with that as far as like lease situations people getting into accidents people. You know, doing drugs in the car, people, you know, leaving the car, dents in the car. Yeah. Like who, how do you hold people accountable for that? Pretty interesting. Yeah, that's too much, too much of a liability. But it just just goes to show we are moving more and more toward being like a sharing community because people can't afford Mm -hmm. to have their own, unfortunately. (sighs) That is true. That is true. Well... On Cole, one of our last stories is an article that I just seen um, come out uh, today, actually, where it's pretty much talking about, you know, trying to really go against the grain and, you know, a lot of the rhetoric and stuff and narrative, particularly talking about black men, especially then with police shootings has shown and described, you know, how black men are struggling and there's a lot of bad things going on overall. And this article is just really trying to take out and say, hey, you know, black men are are doing well in, in some areas and are succeeding in America <clears throat> with certain situations. Um, this article on CNN and, you know, kind of looked at, you know, looked at from the 1960s to now look at a couple of things and, you know, pretty much like things like the poverty rate for black men uh, in 1960 was 41% and it's 18% today. Um, the share of black men in the middle or upper class uh, family income has risen from 38% to 57%. 
right? So more black men are entering the middle class America, middle class family. But it did make a good note as far as why that's the case as well, because um, it says that, you know, the successes for, you know, black men who are who work full time, have some college education and were married are much likely to be much more likely to be in the middle class to upper class. Uh, but one of the reasons for that is because black women, uh, when they're marrying black women, their wives are more likely than other wives and women to contribute um, and put into like, you know, actually have a job and actually share the household income uh, more than any other married women. So black women who they're marrying are playing a major role as far as why we're seeing more black men getting to the middle class too, because both parties are working compared to like other race households, which is pretty interesting. Um, and you know, military and stuff like that has always people going to the military. I think going to the military is always shown to be a positive effect, but most of the time going to the military also pushes people to get married. Cause it's like a marriage oriented kind of culture where you get more benefits and you get more money and stuff like that. So that also, increases the reason when you increase military life, increase marriage and all that stuff. So it was a pretty good article. I just wanted to make a note of saying that, you know, they are, we black men are doing better in some things, but it still made the note that this is pretty much black men who have not really been involved in the system. So black men who are getting involved in the system are still like 60% less likely to uh, make it to the middle class and have all these other kind of positive effects. So having a criminal record really does, impacted but overall for those without a criminal record black men they are have been moving in the right direction and no, and no thanks to our black mm. women as well <laughs> yeah so that, that's a good way to like in in this episode with something positive like that and you know it just speaks to the power of partnership we don't have to have an episode about the power of partnership because you know, when you have that dual income, not only do you have like a, a social and emotional support system, but you have a financial support system, somebody that can hold you down even when things aren't going right with mm -hmm. you financially. So, you know, shout out to black men doing their <laughs> thing, getting the education, rising up out of poverty, defying all the stereotypes that people have about you. We see you. We see you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and shout out to the black women for holding it down forever and for so long. I'm, and I'm kind of like Obama. I know he said recently, he was like, I'm I'm tired of men leading. He's like, we need to get some women there because you know, men keep messing everything up. I'm with him on that. I, I'm with him on that, man. We are not doing what we need to do. And I want to see some more of the black women and women in general just taking the lead and making this world a better place. I say I trust y'all more than I trust men right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> but this was fun this was a fun different kind of episode um let us know what y'all think of it i'm sure we'll do things like this do this every now and then um you know we're just trying to i mean we have other episodes we want to put out but we just want to try to do something new we see this is what other podcasts do uh all the time so we just want to take a shot at it and hopefully you know you guys enjoyed it and just talk about some topics and give our insights and perspectives and just have a conversation um but, you know, and as always, you can follow us on social media or Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at BHD podcast. You can email us at BHD podcast at gmail.com. Visit our website, black and highly dangerous dot com. Uh, please review and rate us and, and share us with your friends, families and enemies on iTunes and everything as well. Uh, and as always, continue to be the oppressor's worst fear. 
If you're interested in continuing this and other conversations, visit our website, blackandhollydangerous.com to subscribe to our email list, suggest topics, and participate in our discussion forums. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BHD Podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe and rate our podcast on your favorite platform. And as always, continue to be the oppressor's worst fear.